Welcome to Zichur Dav Siman Memory of Ram Golder, and today we're beginning the sixth in the Sechta in the Stav Yomi Seichel Maseches Yuma. We're on Dab Base, the first parak Shivas Yamim. The first parak has been dedicated in the Schus of Gitzel Zizel Bas Rachel, Hashem should grant her a Rafur Shlema. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, the opening Mishnah states, Shivas Yamim Kodi Yom Kippurim, Marfishim Kohen Gadol Mebeisol, Lishkas Barhedron, seven days before Yom Kippur, they sequestered the Kohen Gadol from his house to the Barhedron chamber. The Gemara brings another case in which a Kohen is sequestered, citing a Mishnah from Par that states that seven days before the burning of the Paraduma, they would sequester the Kohen who was to burn the Para from his house to the chamber in front of the Bira in the northeast of the Temple Courtyard, the Lishkas Beisa Evan Heisen Nikris, and it was called the Chamber of the Stone House. It was called Lishka's Beza Evan because all the procedures for the par were performed with kalim made of dung, stone, or clay. The Gemara explains that because the Tavul Yom is valid for performing the avoda of the paraduma, they would purposely render the Kohen Tame and immerse him in a mikvah to negate the views of the Tzedukim who held that the Kohen had to experience nightfall and be completely tower. The Rabban therefore instituted kalim made of dung, stone, or clay that are not makabotuma in order that they do not treat the paraduma lightly. Point number two, the Gemara asks what the source is that both the Kohen Gavl before Yom Kippur and the Kohen performing the Avoda of the paraduma are sequestered for seven days prior to their services, and answers with a statement made in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. The Pasuk states in the Parsha of the Miluim, the installation of Aaron and his sons, As he did on this day, so Hashem commanded to do to atone for you. Lasos to do elamaisapara. This refers to the avoda of the para lechaper to atone elamaisiyomikipurim. This refers to the avoda of Yom Kippur. For these services too, the kongado must be sequestered. Now the Gemara asks that while it's understandable that the entire pasuk cannot be referring to the para since it doesn't provide kapara, why not say the entire pasuk is referring to Yom Kippur? It answers that we learn from a Gezer Shava using the words Tziva Tziva. It's written here by the Megulim, Tziva Hashem Lasos, and it's written in the Parsha of the Parduma, Zos Chukas Torah, Asher Tziva Hashem Lemor. This is the law of the Torah that Hashem commanded, saying, Just as for the Megulim, the Prisha is required, so too by the Parduma, Prisha is required. And point number three, the Gemara challenges Rabbi Yochanan's interpretation that Lachapir refers to the Avoda of Yom Kippur and suggests that it could refer to the Kapara gained by other Kabanas. After some analysis, the Gemara answers, Danim Prisha Shivil Yom Echad, Prisha Shivil Yom Echad. We derive seven days of Prisha for a one-day service, referring to Yom Kippur, from a Prisha of seven days for a one-day service, referring to the eighth day of the inauguration. The Gemara is going to bring two answers why the Pusik's not referring to Shemini Yatzeris, which is also a case of Prisha of seven days for a one-day service. So once again, the three points are, number one, the opening Mishnah states, Shiva's Yamim Kodum Yom Kippurim Marfishin Kohen Gadol Mibesol, Lishkas Barhedron, seven days before Yom Kippur. They sequestered the Kohen Gadol from his house to the Barhedron chamber. The Gemara brings another case in which a Kohen is sequestered, citing a mission from Par that states that seven days before the burning of the Paraduma, they would sequester the Kohen who was to burn the Par from his house to the chamber in front of the beer in the northeast of the temple courtyard, the Lishkas Besa Evan Heisen Nikris, and it was called the Chamber of the Stone House. It was called Lishka's Besa Evan because all the procedures for the par were performed with kelly made of dung, stone, or clay. The Gemara explains that because the Tvulyom is valid for performing the avoda of the Paraduma, they would purposely render the Kohen Tame and immerse him in a mikvah, to negate the views of the Tzedukim, who held the Kohen Nidah of Shemesh to experience nightfall and be completely tower. The Rabban therefore instituted using kelly made of dunk, stone, or clay that are not makabotuma, keheka de lozalzguba, in order, in order that they do not treat the paraduma lightly. Point number two, the Gemara asks what the source is that both the Kohen Gala before Yom Kippur and the Kohen performing the Avoda 
of the Paraduma are sequestered for seven days prior to their services and answers with a statement made in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. The Pasuk states in the Parsha of the Miluim, the installation of Aaron and his sons, Kasher As he did on this day, so Hashem commanded to do to atone for you. Lasos to do Elamaisapara. This refers to the avoda of the para. Lachaper to atone Elamaisiyomakipurim. This refers to the avoda of Yom Kippur. For these services too, the Kongada must be sequestered. Now the Gemara asks that while it's understandable that the entire Pasik cannot be referring to the para, since it doesn't provide kapara, why not say the entire Pasik was referring to Yom Kippur? It answers that we learn from a Gazer Shava using the words Tziva Tziva. It's written here in terms of the Miluim, Tziva Hashem Lasos, and it's written in the Parsha of the Paraduma, Zos Chukas Torah, Asher Tziva Hashem Lemor. This is the law of the Torah that Hashem commanded saying. Just as for the Miluim, the Prisha is required, so too by the Paraduma, Prisha is required. And point number three, the Gemara challenges Rabbi Yochanan's interpretation. Now, Lechapeh refers to the Avodah of Yom Kippur and suggests that it could refer to the Kippurah gained by other Karbanas. After some analysis, the Gemara answers, Adanim Prisha Shiva Yom Echad, the Prisha Shiva Yom Echad. We derive seven days of Prisha for a one-day service, referring to Yom Kippur, from a Prisha of seven days for a one-day service, referring to the eighth day of the inauguration. The Gemara brings two answers why the Pusik is not referring to Shemini Yatzeris, which is also a case of Prisha of seven days for a one-day service. The Gemara brings two answers why the Pusik is not referring to Shemini Yatzeris, which could also be a case of Prisha of seven days for a one-day service. All right, so now we go to our Sim for Daf base, and our standard simon is a bias, a house, a house. So here goes. The Kohen, who was sequestered in the stone house, full of stone and clay kaling for seven days, with a welcome sign that read, was eager to get out for a one-day service. Once again, in slow motion. The Cohen who was sequestered in the stone house, stone house, that must be run off bays. The Cohen who was sequestered in the stone house, full of stone and clay kaling for seven days, which reminds me of the opening Mishnah states that seven days before Yom Kippurim, they sequestered the Kohen Gadot from his house to the Barhedron chamber, and the Gemara brings another case in which a Kohen is sequestered, citing a Mishnah from Par that states that seven days before the burning of the Parduma, they would sequester the Kohen who was to burn the Para in the Lishkas Besa Evan, the chamber of the stone house. It was called Lishkas Besa Evan because all the procedures of the Para were performed with kaling made of dung, stone, or clay. Because a Tful Yom is vowed for performing the Avoda of the Paraduma, they would purposely render the Kohen Tame and immerse him in a mikvah, to negate the views of the Tzedukim who held that the Kohen had to be completely tower. The Rabban therefore instituted using kaling made of dung, stone, or clay that are not Makabal Tuma, in order that they do not treat the Paraduma lightly. So the Kohen, who was sequestered in the stone house, full of stone and clay kaling for seven days, with a welcome sign that read, which reminds us, Rabbi Yochanan says the source, that both the Kohen Gala before Yom Kippur and the Kohen performing the Avoda of the Paraduma are sequestered for seven days prior to their services, is from the Pasuk and the Parsha of the Miluim, the installation of Aaron and his sons, as he did on this day, so Hashem commanded to do, to atone for you. Lasos, to do, this refers to the avoda of the para, to atone, this refers to the avoda of Yom Kippur. For these services too, the Kongado must be sequestered. So the Kohn who was sequestered in the stone house, full of stone and clay kaling for seven days, with a welcome sign that read, was eager to get out for a one-day service, which reminds us, which reminds us, the more challenges Rabbi Yochan's interpretation that Lechapir refers to the Avodah of Yom Kippur and suggests that it could refer to the Kapara gained by other Kabbanas. After some analysis, the Gemara answers, Danim Prisha Shiva Yom Echad, Mi Prisha Shiva Yom Echad, 
we derive seven days of Prisha for a one-day service, referring to Yom Kippur, from a Prisha of seven days for a one-day service, referring to the eighth day of the inauguration. The Gemara brings two answers why the Pasuk is not referring to Shemini Atzeris, which could also be a case of Prisha of seven days for a one-day service. So once again, the Cohen who is sequestered in the stone house, full of stone and clay kaling for seven days, with the welcome side that read, Le was eager to get out for a one-day service. Now it's time for a four-block bat chazora. Daf Yotes, the symbol for Daf Yotes is a yacht, a yacht, so here goes. The coin collectors on the yacht tour, yacht, that must be on Daf Yotes. The coin collectors on the yacht tour are having a blast trying to figure out which chest a drop coin belonged to, which reminds us that the next mission states, If coins are found between the chest mark Shkalim and the chest mark Nadava, which is for voluntary communal offerings, if they're close to the Shkalim, they should be deposited in the Shkalim. If they're close to Nadava, they should be deposited in Nadava. If they're equidistant between the two, they should fall into the Nadava chest. After stating more cases, and the mission concludes, the We follow the closer one. Even to be lenient, mechsel mechsel lahachmer. When they are equidistant, we are required to be more machmer. The Gemara explains that there are some who say that the reason that the Nadava takes precedence over Shkalim is that if the coins were deposited into Shkalim, they may not end up being used and will become part of the Shi'ar Lishka and will be used for non-sacrificial purposes, such as repairing the walls of Yishalim. Others say the reason is that a coin found equidistant between Shkalim and Nadava is like the case of one who died after separating a shekel, where the lucky is, is that the shekel is deposited in the Nadava chest. So the coin collectors on the Yatu were having a blast trying to figure out which chest a drop coin belonged to and listening to the lecture on Meister Shani's status of lost coins in Yushalayim, which reminds the next mission of states, Maushin Nimsuikne Sokri Behemelol Meister coins that are found in front of the premises of animal dealers in Yushalayim are always assumed to be Meister Shani. The Tikkun Chan explains that after the Regalim, people would not take their surplus Meister Shani's home, but would leave them with relatives in Yushalayim to spend. Therefore, it was presumed that the majority of monies found at any time in the year in front of the Sokri Behemel were Meister Shani. The mission continues that coins found in Harabais are always assumed to be Chulun. The Tikkun Chan explains that even during the Regalim, we assume they are Chulun since we go after the majority of the year, and the monies found during the regal may have been lost before the regal. Mission continues and says that monies found elsewhere in Yishalayim are soon to be Maishashani during the regalim and Chulun the rest of the year. So the coin collectors on the yacht tour are having a blast trying to figure out which chest a drop coin belonged to, and listening to the lecture on Maishashani's status of lost coins in Yishalayim, until the waiter told them he couldn't recall if the flesh dinner he served them came from the kosher store or the nine trafe ones. Which reminds us that in the midst of a discussion regarding Sveikas, the Gemara brings a price to the teachers. If there are nine stores in town that sell nevela meat, and one store is selling shechta meat, if one bought meat from one of the stores but doesn't know which, he must be concerned for the possibility that he bought nevela. The Karban 8 explains that concerned means that the matter is not definite. He cannot eat the meat in question because it's possibly nevela, but he would not be chai malkas since it's not definite. This is based on the rule of kol kavul kamechsel mechsedami. Whatever is fixed in its place is treated as 50-50, so that the minority is treated as making up half of the total amount. The word continues, Lenim says, but where the meat was found in the street, and it cannot be determined from which store it came, we follow the majority. The Karban Ha'ed explains that since the majority of stores sell Nevela, the found meat is assumed to be Nevela, and one who eats it is Chai of Malkus. Dav Chaf, so the Simr Dav Chaf is a cafe, a cafe, so here goes. The cafe, cafe, that must be more on Dav Chaf. The cafe came under attack from vultures scooping down and taking patrons' meat and dropping meat in its dead, which reminds the more relates when Rub went down to Bavo, Chamsu, Mekun, Vachamralen, and he saw them acting leniently, so he ruled stringently for them. And one of the incidents brought, a servant was walking in the street carrying meat when a vulture came and snatched it from him and then cast it down in another place. The person went back to that other place to retrieve his meat and wanted to take it. Rub said to him, it's forbidden for you to eat that piece. 
For I say that perhaps the vulture had been carrying the meat of a nevel and cast it down, and it took that piece that was yours with it. Rub's ruling is based on the prohibition of meat that was hidden from the eye on account of the concern that perhaps the meat was exchanged with a similar piece of non-kosher meat. So the cafe came under attack from vultures scooping down and taking patrons' meat and dropping meat in its stead and attracted the attention of lost male and female sheep near Yushalayim, which reminds the next Mishnah states that a behemoth found between Yushalayim and Migdal Eder, which is an area near Beis Lechem, or at that distance from Yushalayim in any direction, Zacharim Olos, males are to be treated as Olos, Nekevos Zivchei Shlamim. Females will be treated as Shlomim offerings. Rebuda says, That which is fit for a Pesach is to be used for a Pesach if it's found 30 days or less before the regal. The carbon Eid explains that if the animal was a male sheep or goat within its first year, it's assumed to have been consecrated as a Pesach since the public study of Hilkas Pesach begins 30 days before the Chag. The Tanakamo, however, holds that people are especially careful with their Pesach offerings, so there's no concern that this lost animal might be one. So the cafe came under attack from vultures scooping down and taking patrons' meat and dropping meat in its stead and attracted the attention of lost male and female sheep near Yushalayim when it made its delicious dough bread that was baked, fried, and baked again in honor of its opening day. Which reminds the Gemara discussed the Minchas Chavitin, a special Minchas that's brought by Cohen the first time he performs the Avoda and brought daily by the Kohen Gadol. The Pusik states regarding its preparation on a griddle with oil it shall be made, Scalded shall you bring it to fine baked minchas pitim takri vreich nichoach Hashem. A mincha often broken to pieces, you shall offer it as a satisfying aroma to Hashem. The Gemara brings some alchokas about when the dough is baked. The Tanakhama says, Tufine tafenana. The word Tufine means they shall be baked after they are partially cooked. The partial cooking is the frying of the dough. Rebbe says, Tafenana. They shall be baked while still attractive. The Tilchin Chadid explains that it should be baked before frying, since frying blackens them and makes them less attractive. Rebbe Dosa says, Tafenariba. They shall be baked a lot. The Tilchin Chadid explains that Rebbe Dosa holds the requirements of both Tanaim and they are baked twice, once before frying, while the dough is still attractive, and then baked again after being fried when partially cooked. Dav Chafalv. So the symbol Dav Chafalv is a car pronounced Ka by people from Boston. So here goes. The Ka, Ka, that must mean we're on Dav Chafalv. The Ka, with the announcement sign that the Rabbani instituted no more Me'ila on Paraduma ashes, which reminds the Mishnah Dav Chaf Amaral stated that the sixth of the seventh night basin was regarding the Paraduma that there should not be Me'ila when using its ashes. Now, Rabbi Shmuel Nachman said in the Rabbi Yochanan that it would seem from the Mishnah that the rice of the ashes should be subject to Me'ila, but the Rabbanu goes that they should not be. This contradicts a Bryce that states that the rice of the para itself is subject to Me'ila, but not its ashes. So Rabbi Elbaal answered that at first, since the ashes were not subject to Me'ila, people would debase it and put it on their wounds for medicinal purposes. The Rabbanu therefore decreed that the ashes should be subject to Me'ila, the Rabbanu. Once the decree accomplished its purpose and people became restrained in using them, the Rabbanan Ragoza that the ashes should not be subject to Me'ila, following the Derisa Din. So the Ka, with the announcement sign that the Rabbanan instituted no more Me'ila on Paraduma ashes, and that waded through the spittle-ridden, blood-filled upper marketplace where wild donkeys were speared, which reminds us that the opening mission of the eighth parak states that according to Rabbi Meir, all spittle that's found in Shalim is presumed Tahor, except for that what's found in the upper marketplace. Now, regarding the upper marketplace, Rabbi Avin said in the Rabbi Shubin Levi that there was a laundry operated by Nachim there, and since Nachim are deemed to have the tomb of Zavim, which means their spittle is Tameh, and the upper marketplace is frequent by many Nachim, any spittle found there was considered Tameh. Rabbi Kanina said they used to spear wild donkeys there. Since the butchers were Nachim, their spittle was considered Tameh. Rabbi Shubin Levi said that just as they were spearing wild donkeys to feed the lions in the king's military, 
the only Ragon were passing through on their way to Yerushalayim, and they waded knee-deep in the blood. Their bun didn't tell them to refrain from appearing in the base of Migdash. So we see from here that Dam Nevela does not convey Tuma. The Gemara begins a lengthy discussion regarding the status of Dam Nevela. So the Ka, with the announcement sign that the Rabbani instituted no more Me'ila on Parduma ashes, and that waded through the spittle-ridden and blood-filled upper marketplace, where wild donkeys were speared, was full of horrified women on their way to embroider and design the parochas, which reminds us. The Gemara addresses the different descriptions of the handiwork of the parochas. One Pasuk states, it's my Sirokim, a work of an embroiderer. And another Pasuk states, it was my Sirokim, the work of a designer. And the difference is, is that the work of the embroiderer has only one face, whereas the work of a designer has two faces. Rabbi Yudin and Rabbi disagree about what this means, one face and two face. One says, my Sirokim means the fabric had a line embroidered on one side and was blank on the other. Therefore, it was only one face, whereas my Sechoshev had a line woven on each side, and therefore it was two faces. The other one said my Sirokim had a line embroidered on each side. The Tinkhadin explains that one face here means the identical face. My Sechoshev had a line embroidered on one side and an eagle woven on the other side, and that's why it was described as having two faces. Davchabes, so the Zimra Chabes is a cab. So here goes. The enthusiastic cab driver, cab driver, that must be more Dav Chabes. The enthusiastic cab driver who just consecrated a shekel and bikurim, which reminds the last mission of Masechta states that shkalim bikurim eno nohagim el mifnei abayis. The mitzvahs of shkalim bikurim apply only when the base of mikdash exists. Of all meiser dagan, meiser behemah, bechoros nohagim be mifnei abayis, ben shlo mifnei abayis. But the grain tithe, the animal tithe, and bechor offerings apply when the base of mikdash exists and when it does not. The Tikkun Chadin explains that after the Churban of the base of Migdash, the land did not lose its Kedusha. Therefore, all mitzvahs that are dependent on the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, including Trumas and Maishus, remain in effect. The Rush explains that the Law of Bechor offerings continue to apply, since the Bechor is automatically sanctified from birth. The mission concludes, If one was Makdishkalim or Bikurim, they are Kodesh. Rabbi Shimon says, Bikurim do not become Kodesh. So the enthusiastic cab driver who just consecrated a shekel and bikurim and was playing Rosh Chodesh songs followed by Shabbos songs, which reminds the more as which has din kadima Shabbos musaf offerings or Rosh Chodesh musaf offerings. Rabbi Yirmi said that Rosh Chodesh musaf offerings take precedence and his proof is from the Lacha, that if the Levim have to sing both the Shir of Shabbos and the Shir of Rosh Chodesh, the Shir of Rosh Chodesh takes precedence. Rabbi Yosef refuted this proof. Rabbi Chia said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, that this year Rosh Chodesh takes precedence in order to publicize and make it known that that day is Rosh Chodesh. The Tukhan Chadin brings Rabbi Yochanan's explanation for the Gemara and Sukkah that when the Shir Rosh Chodesh is given prominence, everyone realizes that it was clear to Basin that Rosh Chodesh had been established properly, and no one will have any doubts about the matter. Rather, the Musa of Shabbos takes precedence over the Musa of Rosh Chodesh because of the rule called any mitzvah that is more frequent takes precedence over the other. Therefore, one shakes the Shabbos Musaf offerings and then recites the Shir of Rosh Chodesh over them. So the enthusiastic cab driver who had just consecrated a shekel and bikurim and was playing Rosh Chodesh songs followed by Shabbos songs didn't notice the big sign that said shekels today are not Kodesh and will be considered old. Which reminds us that after the more clarifies that Rabbi Shimon holds that shkalim that one consecrated nowadays are not Kodesh, Rabbi Yudah and Tudari asked before Rabbi Yosef why Rabbi Shimon holds that money designated by a ger nowadays for his kinim are Kodesh, whereas monies designated for a shekel nowadays are not Kodesh. Rabbi Yosef answered that in the case of shkalim, one may not designate them in the first place, because it's a mitzvah to bring offerings from the new collection of shkalim, and this shekel will then be old. Therefore, the rabban ruled that it does not become hectish to begin with. But in the case of money designated by ger for his kinim, new money is not needed. And so if he designated money for his kinim, 
it becomes Kadosh. All right, now it's time to conclude their pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which Dr. Glenn Rabbi Yochanan source for the Prisha for Yom Kippur and for the Parduma was from the Pasuk of Uchaper Lassos? That's on Dav. Base. Good. Number two. Which stuff do you learn that when it comes to coins found between chests, the call is that you go after the closer one, Ohakel, Maxel, Maxel, Ohachmer. That's on Duff. Your test. Good. Number three. Which stuff do you learn that the cone who was to burn the Paraduma was sequestered for seven days in the Lishka's base of Evan? That's on Duff. Base. Good. Number four. Which stuff do you learn that all spittle found in Yushalayim had the din of Tahor except that which was found in the Shuka Elyon? That's on Duff. Chafalv. Good number five. Which stuff do you learn the money's found in front of the Sochri Behemoth are presumed to be Meister Shani funds, whereas in Harabais they're presumed to be Chulun? That's on Duff. Yotes. Good number six. Which stuff do you learn that when people donated Aitim to the base of Migdash, the wood was an Amagaduma in length, so it shouldn't protrude into the walkway area on the Mizbeach? That's on Duff. Yotes. Good number seven. Which stuff do we discuss the status of the animals found wandering between Yushalayim and Migdal Eder? That's on Duff. Chaf. Good number eight. Which stuff do we learn that we derive the seven days of precept for a one-day service, referring to Yom Kippur, from the seven days of precept for the one-day service of the eighth day of the inauguration? That's on Duff. Base. Good number nine. Which stuff do we learn the difference between Maisa Rokim and Maisa Choshev in the weaving of the parochas? That's on Duff. Good. And number 10, which stuff do you learn about Yechezkel's vision of the stream strickling from the base of Migdash growing into a raging river in the future? That's on Duff. Yudzai. Excellent. That concludes our pop quiz. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichum. Wishing you a great day and great learning.